Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of the Steelers preview. And oh my goodness, we are finally previewing a game. I don't care if it's an exhibition game. I don't care if it's a meaningless game. They could be out there in shorts and t-shirts, and I would still be excited to, we can finally say the Steelers preview is previewing a football game. And with me, as always, the trio is back. Dave Schofield, Brian Anthony Davis. Brian, how are you doing this evening? You know, Thomas Earl Petty was absolutely correct when he said, the waiting is the hardest part. And yes, the waiting is now over. We've got football tomorrow night. I am reveling in it. It is, it, you know, it could rain. It could snow right now. I wouldn't care. This is glorious. And I can't wait for football. How about you, David? How's it going? It's going all right, but I don't want Brian talking about rain tomorrow night. I'm going to this game. Don't say that. <laughs> it's supposed to be really nice weather. Good. But um, I'm surprised how happy Brian is. I thought he was going to be in tears after news of Frank slash Ralph Webb being uh, um, waved injured today. Uh, I, I thought he would be inconsolable Dave, you totally killed it man i texted you today and said let me do the web news i had it all set up oh. i was gonna really deliver the gut punch i honestly and... didn't remember you saying that <laughs> wait 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 what i want to hear this what? wait you, uh, you you knew that web was yeah I, okay. I, I knew that and i tell you what you know i'm not gonna lie to you there were some hotline calls there was some <laughs> crying at the davis house um my homemade uh, Ralph Webb jersey, that my number 40 that I was working on. But this doesn't close the door. He could get healthy. You never know. There's still hope. Is Was it's, his name Ralph or Frank? It's Ralph. You wanted okay. to call him. You kept on calling him Frank. <laughs> I just can't I believe that Ralph Webb will never get in the touchdown zone for the Steelers. No, that's yeah, true. Yeah, Dave's favorite player, Deontay Johnson, has a good chance, though. So we'll oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Deontay Johnson already has a restraining order against Dave. Just <laughs> wanted to let you know. He's heard, and he's met. He's looking for you tomorrow night, Dave. So. Okay, Jeff, so, I have yes. to apologize. I'm it's so okay. sorry. That's that okay. Up, it's okay. It's okay. So speaking of news, as Webb was released, the Steelers have made, I think, three transactions this week. They swapped cornerbacks once. They brought in a cornerback as they released Webb. They made another move earlier in the week. I'm not sure what that was. All these are typical off-season roster transactions. It's a very fluid process. And so for, for the biggest news, though, in my opinion, leading up to the game tomorrow night, Friday night, at Heinz Field, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time kickoff, is that Joe Hayden got hurt. Now, let's let's explain what happened here because this is something that, you know, right now I'm not at work, so I have some time. I'm following practice on Twitter, and my good buddy Chris Carter is there in person watching practice. And all of a sudden, Missy Matthews tweets out, oh, no, Joe Hayden just got carted off the field. My heart sinks. I'm angry. 
I see that Chris Carter is at practice. So what do I do? I first thing I do is I text Dave and say, keep an eye on this because I don't want to do anything until we see other reports. And then the second thing I do is I text Chris Carter and say, how bad is, Hay is Hayden's injury? And he said, what are you talking about? Hayden's not even injured. And I said, look at this tweet that Missy Matthews just sent out. And so he goes, whoa, no one even, he's talking to Dale Lolly, who he's standing next to. He's talking to Joe Rudder from the Pittsburgh Tribune. All of them said the same thing. He looks fine. He looks fine. Come to find out he got his foot stepped on uh, during a team drill. He was carted up the field, meaning there's a hill right by practice, the practice facility, the practice fields. He walked off the field. They carted him up to the dorms to get him, uh, I guess, looked at. Turns out a, they're saying it's a very mild ankle injury. They're not concerned about it or anything like that. But it just goes to show you how great Twitter is and how horrible Twitter is because it's great because we got the news. It's horrible that it seemed like that news got blown out of proportion. But still, on a scale from 1 to 10, guys, 1 being not concerned at all, 10 being DEFCON 4, how concerned are you with Joe Hayden's ankle? Brian, we'll go with you first. He's 31. He's had injury concerns before. You know, the uh, that means the Artie Burns era could be that close to getting reactivated. So it, it, it is scary. Um, anytime you have something going on with a foot and ankle, you, you have to be concerned. It seems like it's being downplayed right now. So, you know, I'll take that and uh, I'll take solace in that, but it's still scary. What about you, Dave? Uh, I'm going to give it a one and a half. I mean, it's just enough to know that he probably tweaked a little bit. Along with what Brian's saying, I, I understand that he's more likely to be injured. I just don't think this specific thing is going to do anything for him. Um, I don't want to say that it was a bad report. Missy Matthews does a fantastic job. But and I, I think she realized what she was saying when she did it because he was on the cart leaving the field, which was an accurate description of what was going on, but he wasn't what they call carted off the field um, right. to where he, he couldn't even walk or anything. So it was just one of those miscommunication things. This is not a big deal. I'm the only reason I'm saying 1.5 is that I'm hoping they, that just means they keep him out Friday uh, because he doesn't need to be out there the first week anyway. And that's that's it. And then I, I think we'll see back to regular work uh, pretty close after that. Well, and that's a great segue into what we're going to talk about next, which is surprisingly, and I would almost say shockingly, but maybe not when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, coming off of 2018, when Mike Tomlin held his weekly press conference on Wednesday, he said that only Ben Roethlisberger was ruled out, that everyone else is eligible to play and no one would be quote-unquote excluded due to injury. But that doesn't mean that everyone's going to play. He just did not release those names. Normally, he'll say, you know, Pouncey's going to get rest, Roethlisberger's out, yada, yada, yada. At back, at, you know, Mr. Third and Fifth when he was with the team, um, or as, um, as Lance calls him, uh, Naked Chicks Robbery. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I'm intrigued. So <laughs> <laughs> Mr. No. Bell that's up in New York anyways. Oh, um, okay. I, yeah. I'm trying I to we remember. Yeah. About... yeah, it was pretty clever the way he said it. I don't remember. Yeah. I thought we were talking so about Mr. Chest. Big Chest. So I no. Was... No, 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 that's Mr. Third and Fifth. That's Mr. Third and Fifth. I still like NBC, but that's <laughs> So anyways, he would give those guys the day off on the first week, and he would openly state it in his press conference. So my question for you all 
is outside of Roethlisberger, who do you not think? So who you say they're not going to play? Now, I'll give you a couple things. First, I don't think Joe Hayden's going to play because of the ankle. There's no reason to risk it. You have plenty of time for him to get healthy. Don't even risk it. Second person I'm going to say is that Sean Davis isn't going to play. He hasn't practiced. He had that open wound on his hand, and he told, uh, I think it's uh, – Ricky Walsh of KDK that he's not going to play on Friday. So I would say Sean Davis is on that list. And I would even say, this is just me. You guys can disagree. I wouldn't play TJ Watt either. You don't need to re-aggravate the hamstring. Let him rest. Who do you guys think of the list of the people? Maybe you disagree with my list. Who do you think should be added? Dave, we'll go with you first. I'm not going to put my entire list out there. Cause I might want to leave a little bit of something for Brian to say, but, uh, I do believe that Marquise Pouncey and Ramon Foster, uh, they're both going to be out. Neither one of them has practiced. Uh, they both left uh, the Family Fest Sunday night, and they have not practiced since. Uh, and with their years of service, they're not coming back. But they are not the only ones that left that night. Um, Artie Burns left that night, and Deontay Johnson left that night, and they haven't been back yet. So... But with them, it's a little bit different. Artie Burns, I could see maybe trying to go. Deontay Johnson, um, I think he's he might fit into the category that I think a TJ Watt and a Sean Davis might end up with. Now, Sean Davis said he's not going to play. But I think some of these guys might dress and warm up in order to get a workout in and then just not play in the game because you're not you're not set with a certain number that you're not allowed – to, to dress or anything. You could dress all 91 guys of what the Steelers have. So there's no harm in dressing them, going through all the warmups and have them being there on the sideline, but just, I mean, they'll probably take their shoulder pads off and everything and just not play. But why not at least get, especially TJ Watt, why not get him a, a pregame workout before the game? And, and that's what I think we'll see. Okay. What about you, Brian? Who else are you adding or subtracting from the list? that's growing between the Steelers. Uh, I agree with, uh, I definitely agree with you, Jeff. Um, pretty much agree with Dave as well. I think TJ Watt really doesn't need to play whatsoever. We want to see a lot of Ola. We want to see um, Chicolo. We want to see those guys uh, and anybody else that could possibly uh, compete for a job on, which is, you know, the pretty bad depth at inside linebacker still that I think um, another guy I don't expect to see a whole heck of a lot of would be someone like uh, Vance McDonald. I'm not expecting to see too much of him. Um, he's a guy that could get dinged up easily. I don't think he needs too many reps, maybe, maybe a series that would be fine. Um, the rest of the offensive line only needs about, a I see you guys smiling because there's a dog walking in the background. Um, but I <laughs> saw so I'm getting photobombed, but, um, you know, I don't expect a lot of the offensive line starters like Alejandro and DeCastro to get way too much time. I definitely don't think Ralph Webb's going to see any time whatsoever. And I've, uh, I'm, I'm thinking Cam doesn't see a lot of time. Um, those are the kind of guys that we kind of know what, uh, you know, like Dave said, maybe, maybe they dress, maybe they see a series, but you don't, need to see much of them you need to see guys in action that are going to go ahead and make a difference now looking ahead to week two all those guys i want to see have 
see more significant action. And I think we're going to see more significant action um, from Mike Tomlin putting these guys in. But I need to add two more to the list. I don't need to see much of Juju tomorrow night. I don't really need to see much of James Conner, who we want to see number 38 and number 24, Samuels and Snell. Those are the guys we want to see. We'll get to who we want to see. And so I think that Dave is spot on when he said that a lot of these players will dress. They will go through a full workout and then they'll just shut it down. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't see too many guys in street clothes because knock on wood, uh, the Steelers have avoided those big injuries. You know, those multi-week. You think about A.J. Green for the Cincinnati Bengals who had to have surgery on his ankle. He could miss the first quarter of the season, including the, um, you know, the Steelers game in week four on Monday Night Football. So, uh, okay, let's talk about some stats, Dave. Your stat geek. You say you have a few stats to talk yes. about? Go well, ahead and go. it's based on an, an article that I have um, for the site that should run tomorrow, it, and that is the most important thing that we really are going to get out of this game is probably what we're going to see the least, and that is the over-importance of special teams. Because when you're talking about these guys that are getting playing time, especially in the second half of this game, their biggest chance to make this team is due to special teams. So I was going back and looking at what kind of players we, we get on special teams. And last year for the Steelers, they had 56 different players get at least one snap in a game during the season. Uh, now notice there's a couple guys that were on the team all year that aren't on that list. That would be like Mason Rudolph and Zach Banner. They never played. But there were there are 56 players. The, out of those 56 players, there is only five players on the Steelers that played at least one down that did not have any plays on special teams. Can you guys name the five? The five players on the Steelers roster last year yes. that played at least one snap, but none on special yeah. teams. Yes. Uh, okay, well, we'll, we'll start with this. Two of those players had over a thousand snaps played, but never played on special teams. Okay, I'll go with uh, Pouncey. There's one. Roethlisberger. And that is the other of the two over okay. a thousand. Okay. The other ones, one player only played just over a hundred snaps. The other one played 30, and the last one only played nine. Brian, do you have any you guesses? Say, chime, chime in here, Brian, if you know. May I ask for a clarification on this question? Are you yes. considering special teams um, linemen on a uh, on Yes, a play that is game? a special yeah. team play. See, the okay. reason Pouncey doesn't get any is because he's the center, and you always got the long snapper out there. So he's never out there on any of those special teams. So I'll give you. Okay, I'm going to see Cam Hayward, possibly. Cam Hayward is on the field goal block team, isn't he? I think is what is what it is that he's on. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna Ken from New Jersey. I'm pretty sure he's right in live chat. He's at Joshua Dobbs. I'm gonna go with him. Joshua Dobbs is the other one. He's the one who only played 30 snaps. That makes sense because okay. being the quarterback. Uh, nine, I'll even nine, tell you the man. player that played just over a hundred snaps only played the last few weeks of the season because he was injured up until that point. Eli, and it Rogers. Was Eli Rogers. And that is very shocking that he wasn't out there at all on special teams, that, that even when he came in. Um, and then the last one is one that some people don't even realize that he even played in, a, in one game. And the fact he didn't play any special teams just blew my mind. I thought he would have done only special teams. Was it Ola? And that would be one, Ola Adenier. Hmm. 
that was the five players for the Steelers that did not play special teams. So that was, I mean, it's funny because there's some of them that were really close. Like James Conner played one play, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and Justin Hunter played one play. Juju only played two. And I think that was a couple of returns. So mm-hmm. as you can see, special teams really comes into play, you know, for almost all these guys. Real quick, last one, just a flat up number. How many players do you think were on the Steelers roster last year where the majority of their snaps were on special teams versus their other position, meaning they were strictly special teams players? Like they still played on defense, but they played more on special teams. So they still could register snaps on. Oh, yes, one but just they had more special team snaps than regular. OK, snaps. so let me think here. I'm going to count out loud. Brian, we're going to do this together. So I, I say Matikavich. I say McCullers. Um, who else? Brian Allen. This is a long shot, but Chicolo. Like, yeah, he would probably fit into that category. I'm going to go with what do you think, Brian? Eight or nine? That might be low. Mm. I'm Don't not forget even about your actual Marcus Allen. Oh, your actual, you're counting the kicker and punter in the long snapper? Special teamers. Uh, okay, I'm thinking guys yeah. that are actually going to play other positions. No, no, okay. That just includes them. So I was just telling you that so you knew to add it got to you, the Okay. I'll go with 11. What about you, Brian? What do you think? I'll go with 77. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. Jeff, you're, you're fairly I'm, close. Let's, let's, let's go, go, go ahead, Brian. It's right. It's between you guys. It was it was fourteen. Mm. Okay, it was fourteen. So there was there was the four specialists because remember you also had Matt McCrane in there for a game, but you then you had other guys and then I would have what you would call six core special teams guys that played a, like played more than two hundred snaps on special teams and not more than that of the regular, which would be your. LJ Forts, Chicolo, Matikavich, Knicks, Dangerfield, and Hayward Bay. So two of them aren't here anymore. Yeah. So that means there is a couple spots for guys to, to to fill in and get those um and move into a to a key special teams role. So that's it. A lot of stipulations in that one, David. Okay. Well, I'm just going by snap counts. You I know? know. How I many know, snaps did they did that? You know, because some guys that's all they get. So Okay, so now is the part of the show that I've been looking forward to for a long time now, and that is we're actually going to talk about the upcoming game. It's time to talk about Steelers versus Buccaneers. I don't care if it's week one. I don't care if it's meaningless football. I don't care if it's exhibition because it's football. I said that at the opening of the show, and I do believe it. So really quick, I wanted you guys to chime in on a question that I posed on my Steelers burning question last night, and that was essentially if you could have a perfect game like you're watching the game friday night 7 30 nfl network nationally televised tune in and you're watching the game and you wake up you watch it you wake up saturday morning say man those Steelers looked good last night i want to know what that situation is but first before we get to anything injuries are obvious no injuries we're all going to agree on that we're all going to say it so let's just throw that out the window we all know we want the team to stay healthy but what else would happen in your mind that would make you say, man, that was a great performance for a week one preseason game. Brian, I'm going to give you the chance to go first. 
Well, the first thing I'm going to say is a blowout. That doesn't happen a whole lot in preseason games. Um, in fact, most preseason games are fairly close, unless you're talking about that debacle against uh, Green Bay last year when they got completely blown out. But if the Steelers could come out with a blowout and just look solid on offense and defense, and uh, you know that's what I'm looking for because I think that would be great. Make me feel so much better that this team is coming up, charged up, and looking good. Do I have another one, or do I have to uh, yeah, defer you, today? You can go more. You can go more. My my next one is it just reminds me of 2014, the first home game against uh, Buffalo in the uh, the preseason when Ryan Shazier, number one pick, picked off picked off a ball and went running wild with it. Um, I would love to see the same out of Devin Bush. Um, just right off the bat, come in with no questions that, wow, this guy has come in to play. He's as advertised. And uh, right off the bat, he has the makings of a superstar. That's what I want to see. All right. What about you, Dave? All right. Well, I, I talked about this a little bit on Steelers Stat Geek on Tuesday. And the one thing I want to see, I want to see 30 points. Last year in the preseason, they averaged exactly 30 points. They scored 30 points or more in three of the four games. I want to see 30 points. Um, what was the other thing? I want to see a – I'm not worried about turnovers in the fact that I think both teams are going to turn the ball over because you're going to have guys that aren't on the same page, miscommunications. Is, but you want to see that – you don't want to see a big turnover margin. You don't want to have – have have that have that big margin versus the other team. Like if they each have two or three, that's okay. But for you to go out there and have four interceptions and a fumble and they only have one or no turnovers, that's not acceptable. Um, I, I also really, more than anything, would really like to see my daughter on the jumbotron. That that would be really nice. Okay, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> jumbotron. Um, she made it last year, so she's oh, going to try cool. again this year. <laughs> So Dave will be at the game. I, I have to say that for me, and I said this last night, if you watched or listened to the show, is that I want to see some simple things. And it's not so much the scoring. It's I want to see players that, and I can't take credit for this because like a perfect example of someone that was in the live chat said, no secondary miscommunication. I mean, how many times in the past few seasons have we seen those plays where it's a big, it's a big completion or it's a touchdown and the two secondary players stand up and give them one of these, they're looking at each other with their arms up like, uh, that was your job. No, that was your job to me. I don't want to see that. I want to see that they're on the same page. They know what they're doing offensively. I want to see some balance. I want to see some, some clean football. That was the biggest thing. No stupid penalties, pre-snap penalties, drive me up a wall. Nothing makes me want to throw something against the wall, like false starts, illegal procedures, um, illegal formations, uh, you know, all that stuff clean game i'd love to see him not turn the ball over at all now dave i agree with you there's a good chance that they will but at the same time they could not that would be ideal hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And so I, I guess the next question for you guys is, how much can you actually glean from week one in the preseason? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the starters aren't going to play much at all, if at all. 
how much do you look at this game and say, okay, this tells us something significant at all or not at all? Uh, Dave, we'll start with you. All right. Something that that this kind of goes along with the last question is something that I want to throw out there with that is I don't want to see the defense giving up long drives. I don't mean like the, like if they give up a flash play, like, one guy could miss an assignment and they're going to give up a 70 yard touchdown. And chances are that guy's not going to be on the team much longer. If that happens, that's not the end of the world. But if a team's coming up and just in this chewing up five to 10 yards, every play 10, you know, all the way down the field, I really don't want to see that. So that's something you can glean is, is can you, that that's just something that, that where the, the other team is basically dominating you play in and play out and just taking it to you. So if we are, if we were really developing that depth, that what you get more than anything out of the preseason, you, you don't want to see that. You want to see guys that can come up and can make a play. So that's what I'd like. What about you, Brian? For me, it's uh, the jump from year one to year two is really what is going to uh, make a big difference in week one for a lot of these guys. I'm not going to name them because we're going to talk about them later. Um, and the other thing for me is uh, you know, just uh, promise. If you could see promise in the players, you see that glean of excellence that uh, just needs polished up, that's, that's something that uh, you can really hang your hat on going into the next week and realize that you have a lot more depth behind the starters that are going to be playing in the future, and you have a lot of future. Absolutely, and you brought up a really good point there, and we're going to transition into this, and that is who should you be watching? Like, who are you excited to be watching? I'm going to write an article for tomorrow that's basically just asking the community, like, you know, here we are week one. Who are you excited to watch? You know, I mean... A lot of the players that we know about, like, I'm not excited to see Juju Smith-Schuster tomorrow night. I don't want him to play Friday night. I, I say tomorrow night as if it's Thursday. You know, I don't want him to play at all. I, I've seen James Conner, but there are some players I am excited to watch. I want to get your guys' take before I give you mine. Brian, we'll start with you. Give me one, two, three, however many. It could be rookies, could be veterans, doesn't matter. Who are you excited to watch on Friday night? You know, I've already said Devin Bush, and I said why. Um, so I'm really not go going to go. Uh, that's probably number one on a lot of our lists. So um, I'm not really going to go into it. We've already done that. But uh, there's there's so much excitement around this guy. Everybody's excited. But the guy I'm really looking at is James Washington. He's the guy that needs to step up. That really he's he's the X factor on this team on this wide receiving stable along with Dante Moncrief. I want to see what he can do too, but I'm more anxious to see Moncrief with Roethlisberger. I want to see Washington just out there a lot and making plays and making that jump from year one to year two um, with a lot of zest. And on the other side of the ball, I really want to see something out of Terrell Edmonds. I, uh, I'm a lot higher on Terrell Edmonds than a lot of people were. Um, I thought he showed great rookie progress. I thought he looked a lot different from week one to week 17. And I'm, I'm thinking that this could be a great jump year for him. So like I said before, I'm big on the, the year one to year two jump. And that's when you really find out what you have in a player. What about you, Dave? 
All right. Well, I'm going to leave one answer for you, Jeff, because, you know, the guy that's number two in the program and number one in our hearts, That's right. you can talk about him. <laughs> I, I, I want to see some of these backup safeties. I would like to see PJ Locke and Cam Kelly. I'd like to see, because I still think one of them has a really good shot to make the 53, which one is, I guess we're going to start to see um, by their play, but that's, that. that's, I'd really like to see them. Someone who's who pretty interesting that the guy that you might not think of that I'd really like to watch. This is your dark horse question, Jeff. Mm -hmm. It is one I, I, I want to get his stats out here. This is one behemoth of a man, Fred Johnson, the Ooh, six seven, three hundred and twenty six pound guard out of Florida that is coming out of nowhere and getting a lot of buzz from coach Tomlin in his press conferences that he's mentioned him a couple times that he's moved around positions. Um, we're hearing a lot more about him than we are Derwin Gray, Damian Prince, um, some of these other guys that we thought could maybe be someone to, to sneak on the back of the roster. I say, look out for Fred Johnson. I, you're not going to be able to miss him. So keep your eye on him. He's a behemoth of a man. <laughs> and speaking of a behemoth of a man, someone else who's been getting a lot of good pub and publicity and, and talk from Coach Tomlin is Zach Banner. Um, there's reports now that Banner is on pace to make the 53 for the second year in a row, and no one's talking about it. Everyone said right tackle position is between three players, Filer, Akorafor, and Hawkins. And guess what? Gerald Hawkins is absolutely getting manhandled in practices you're hearing reports that tj watts driving him back into the ground and he's a big dude and but zach banner's holding his own i know that's brian's boy that's brian's boy he loves himself some zach banner am i right not only is that my boy but that was one of my two factor fictions so we're down to one when we get to that segment Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a quick segment then folks so, um for me, though, obviously, as Dave referenced, uh, I want to see the backup quarterback play, and that's something that's been talked about a lot in the live chat so far is, you know, Joshua Dobbs is going to get the start. I wouldn't read too much into that. Um, I, I don't think that, you know, people say, oh, well, Dobbs, Mike Tomlin always gives the veteran backup the first game start, always has. He gave it to Landry Jones for all those years. He's given it to Joshua Dobbs now. Mason Rudolph, I would expect him to start game two. Um, if Roethlisberger is not going to play at all, which I don't think he will. I don't think he'll play other than, than week three. So um, unless that changes, which could. But I'm excited to see Rudolph. I'm excited to see Dawes. I'm also excited to see Devlin Hodges because you talk about buzz and training camp. This guy's got tons of it. And it's everything from his nickname, Duck Dynasty, or they call him Duck. And he is he actually is a duck caller. And he's... <laughs> It's the strangest thing, but he throws a really good football. Go ahead, Brian. You want to say something? There will be no factor fiction tonight, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just cross that off right now. Evelyn Hodges, thank you. <laughs> okay. So um I but he here's a guy that to me, I, I put this out there on the live chat and said, Who are some dark horse players? We're talking about players that are on the bubble for possibly making the 50s, right? You talk about you're excited to see Devin Bush. Everybody is. He's a number one draft pick, first time they picked in the defensive player in the top ten since Rod Woodson. We all know those stats. But for me, it is Marcus Allen. Okay, now this goes to I have a friend of mine who's a big Penn State fan. And when the Steelers drafted Marcus Allen, he goes, Man, you guys got a good one. He's a hard hitter, he's a team player, he's excitable, um, all this stuff. And he was injured so much last year and he still made the team. This is a I feel like this is our first chance to really get to see him play. 
you know, he played a little bit at the end of the season, especially against Cincinnati in week 17. But I want to see what Marcus Allen can actually bring to this team because we always talk about safety depth. He should be one of those players' names, and yet he is not being mentioned in that same breath. So I want to see Marcus Allen play. I want to see some of these backup linemen. I want to see Chooks Accor for how he's doing in year two, as we mentioned some of those players that are going from year one to year two. Um, I want to see Eli Rogers versus Ryan Switzer. Don't think those guys are getting the night off. They're not because there's going to be a lot of competition there in the slot receiver role. I want to see Cameron Sutton. He's been getting a lot of publicity in training camp, getting his hands on the football, people talking about him maybe taking over nickel from Mike Hilton, in which case is he able to translate all that success from the practice field and put it onto the, the game in preseason? I know it's preseason, but still it's the game environment. I'm excited to see this stuff. So uh, for me, I know it's going to be vanilla. It's going to be vanilla offense, vanilla defense, but those are some players to keep an eye on. Guys, anyone else that just came, popped into your head that you're excited to see? Brian, go ahead. Trayvon Askew Henry from West Virginia. He okay. we talk about PJ Locke a, a lot, and we should, but he is uh, neck and neck with uh, with PJ as far as safety goes. He is a very good player. Another guy that I really want to look at is uh, one that nobody talks about at inside linebacker. It's uh, Robert Spillane, and uh, believe it or not, Spillane has uh, great Pittsburgh heritage because his uh, his uh, grandfather was a Heisman Trophy winner out of Notre Dame, Johnny Latner, and played one year for the Pittsburgh Steelers before uh, injuring himself uh, in the military. So uh, very interesting uh, to have him there. He is a guy that last year against the Steelers in week three of the preseason intercepted, I believe it was Landry Jones he intercepted at the time, and uh, he's a very tough inside linebacker, a guy that uh, is definitely a dark horse, but somebody that could make a splash. Anyone else for you, Dave? I I would like to see because if there's one position that I think we've heard the least about in training camp, it's the defensive line. That we don't really get a, a lot of talk about them and what those guys are doing. So now, for, I mean, first of all, I mean, you hear some of the stuff with some of the drills they're doing and some stuff onto it stuff here and there, but I'd I'd like to see bugs i'd like to see what he can do i'd like to see if we have those guys that can that can maybe knock shade tree off the off the roster um and and the other one is uh levon hooks that was on the practice squad last year i'd like to see uh what, what he could do in this game essentially and i want to give props to reginald in the live chat he said marcus allen a few minutes like well before i did um i said it last night on my podcast but anyways um give him props for marcus allen I, he did say that um it just goes to show if you are someone that follows behind the steel curtain.com closely and you're a diehard Steeler fans and you guys are someone and girls don't want to disparage any females that might be watching or listening to the show that you follow this 91 man off season roster. You'll enjoy watching preseason games period because you'll get to see some of these names and, and see, okay, wow, that, that guy was playing well. And then look at that guy, you know, he might have a shot. And, you know, every year there's those few players that have great preseasons. It doesn't always equate to a roster spot. Fans get all up in arms, but nonetheless, people that say the preseason is boring. It is to an extent. It's just not that exciting. Um, but nonetheless, it is what it is, and it's football. And we're going to get to watch the Steelers on the field playing football. Heinz Field, Dave will be there live. I'm sure he's excited about that. Now, here's the fun part. Prediction time. Predicting a preseason game is like throwing darts blindfolded because, like you said, Brian, there's rarely ever blowouts. Yet, 
my goodness. Sometimes you you try to figure out who's going to win it. I, I don't know. I think the last line I saw is the Steelers are two and a half point favorites. If you want to throw money on a preseason game, oh. I'm not jumping on that grenade. Uh, but let's talk predictions. Dave, you're going to be there live. What do you think? Who's going to win the game? I've always said, before we go any further, as long as the Steelers win one, there's that really strange statistic that no team has ever gone 0-4 in the preseason and still, like, I don't know if it's made the playoffs or won the Super Bowl, but it's always stuck with me. And so as long as they win one, I don't care. They could lose the other three, but I want them to win one. So, uh, Dave, go ahead. What's your prediction? All right, my prediction is don't go four and zero because remember that's what the uh, the Lions did that one the year they went zero and sixteen. My prediction is this: I I'm going to say that I think that the Steelers are going to are going to win this game because I think they're going to put up a lot of points. I would not be surprised if they end up losing this game very late because I think the most motivated motivated person of anyone to win this game is the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I wouldn't be surprised if people play a little bit more for them or maybe even later than they should in order to try to actually win this game because I wouldn't be surprised if that would be a pride issue. But um, I, I, I think the Steelers will be winning through the first three quarters. We'll say that. Okay, so we have a score prediction here. Is that, oh, do that you want it? a score prediction? Well, yeah, that's what we do on the show. Okay. Um, you know what? I'm 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 going to say I'm going to go ahead and still pick the Steelers. I'm going to say 34 to 27. Okay, Brian, what's your prediction? 21 to 17. Let's go with the Steelers on this. That's my first prediction. The other prediction is uh, one David Schofield gets a condiment of some sort on his jersey. <laughs> that would mean I would have to buy something and eat it at the game, which I do not. I take my own food. Oh. <laughs> I see. see he's not the get, system. He's exactly. not getting any permanis. He's not buying the permani sandwich there at the stadium. Nah, so. man. I, I take my own pepperoni rolls. There you go. Okay, so you said 20. What was that score again, Brian? Just a 21-17. A low-scoring affair. Okay, I'm going to say that the Steelers win because I think the Steelers, for the first time in a long time, are really excited to play this football game. I think they're really excited. I think they're excited to just get back out there and try to get 2018 that taste out of their mouths. I think the Steelers win. I'm going to go with a score of 27 to, we'll say 27 to 20. Pittsburgh wins. And I'm going to go on a limb and say that Chris Boswell doesn't miss a kick. That's going to be huge, too. We didn't mention him. We didn't mention him at all as players to watch. And I know that Tomlin said that he and Wright are going to alternate kicks, which supposedly that's what they've done all pre-L training camp. But for me, it's like, okay, I'll say that the Steelers win and Boswell doesn't miss one. Um, maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part, but that's just what I think. So there you have it. We all think the Steelers are going to win the game by any a myriad of scores, which none of us will be correct. And so hopefully... That's where we are. So now's where we're going to open up the uh, live chat to questions and to see, you know, what do you, what, what questions? I did see some people earlier uh, had some questions and I, we were just rolling with the show. Didn't want to stop the show. Didn't want to stop momentum. So by all means, re-enter that question. And if you want to make sure that it gets seen, 
use the live chat feature and what that or super chat feature i'm sorry and that's where you comment on our youtube page you can go ahead and hit the money sign on the right put in any dollar amount you want it goes straight to the show it highlights the question it absolutely will be answered guaranteed to be answered and um you don't have to use it but you can if you do we appreciate all that so here we go here's one right off the bat captain underpants says which devin will play better obviously he's talking about devin white out of lsu who is picked fifth overall by the tampa bay bucks or devin bush picked 10th overall out of michigan for the steelers dave what do you think I have to admit that I followed like no NFL stuff other than the Steelers this year, uh, which is kind of a first for me. So I don't know how Devin White's been doing. So therefore, I'm going to go with Devin Bush. Well, it's your new job with the site, Dave. You don't have time to worry about other teams. Oh, exactly. I don't even care. (laughs) Apparently, there's like some running back that's holding out and not going to play. I mean, I I, I think I heard something about that, but I I don't know. If you turn on ESPN anything, (laughs) you're going to be inundated with that. So go ahead, Brian. What, do you, what about you? What do you think, Devin White or Devin Bush? You know, I'm thinking Devin Bush is just more motivated and has so much more to prove at this point. So I'm going to go with Bush. I am going to go with Devin Bush as well because I think he's going to play more. Uh, I think that Devin White's probably going to be the fixture for them in the inside. They're not going to want to risk him getting injured. Not that the Steelers view Devin Bush as being expendable, but at the same time, I think that he is – going to play more therefore he's going to get more exposure and things of that nature but you know it's going to be interesting snowman puts two dollars in the tip jar we appreciate that as always he says how many sacks will the steelers get on friday night let's talk about it dave thoughts hmm let's go let's go six i'll go six okay brian i'm thinking four i'm gonna go with three i'm gonna go with three and it depends on how long Ola Denier plays. <laughs> He's their best chance, in my opinion. So I'll say three. All right, but Dave, if we get six, that's awesome. Uh, I just, um, I just think they're going to be after it. I think they're going to be going after it, and I, and I, and I think all the way down the line, there's some guys that really have some stuff to prove. So I just think they're. I mean, I, I just think our defensive line is fantastic. I think you're going to see stuff right up the middle. Okay. Uh, Reginald asks, uh, let me find that question again. Sorry. How would the Steelers trade any player on their roster before the season starts trade, not pick up someone else that was released, but will they trade anyone on their current roster before the season starts? Brian, go ahead. I've been predicting Artie Burns all along, and that's the guy that I would see them, uh, getting rid of, uh, more than anybody else. Uh, so with that being said, I'm also now thinking that Joshua Dobbs could be a guy that goes because of how much I like Devlin Hodges and how much uh, the team likes Devlin Hodges. So I could see uh, Dobbs actually traded now before Burns. Okay. What about you, Dave? Mm, I'm going to say no. I just, for some reason, teams don't always want something from the Steelers. Uh, every time we think, oh, well, let's trade them, it just never seems to happen. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if we made a trade to get somebody, but to trade away someone, I just, I, I don't think, I don't think what other people would want for the people we would trade, would they would give us anything worthwhile. So, nah. Okay, I agree with Dave. I don't think they're going to trade anyone. It just doesn't ever seem that the return is worth the trade for me. Um, here's a good question from Ali. He says, what do you think the obsession for Rudolph to pass Dobbs is all about? Shouldn't we simply want the best guys on the field and wait 
for play to show talent. I'm going to answer this first as a charter member of the Mason Rudolph fan club. To me, it has nothing to do with anything more than I've always felt that Mason Rudolph fits the Steelers scheme better. He's more of your traditional pocket passer. Dobbs has a better arm. Dobbs is more athletic. Yet, I just don't think that Dobbs is necessarily a good fit for the offense. I said this last night. It's on the tape. You can check it. If Dobbs plays better, more power to him. I think that they're both talented in their own way, but it's going to come down to this preseason. I don't think that there's any predisposition to either player at this point in time. For instance, I don't think that Mike Tomlin is going into this preseason saying, hey, Randy, it's Mason's job to lose. Like I, or it's Joshua's job to lose. I don't think that's happening at all. I literally think they're saying this is an open job, a vacated position, and the best player is going to get it. That's what I think. And I think that's how it's going to play out. Am I rooting for Mason Rudolph? Yes. Been very open about that. I like Mason Rudolph. Um, it's not that I don't like Joshua Dobbs. It's just that I think he fits the scheme better. You all may disagree. Dave, go ahead. Well, you know I love uh, Mason Rudolph as well. But I also really like Jobs, Josh Dobbs as well. I really like both of them. Um, so I'm not rooting against anybody. My, the, my obsession with Mason Rudolph is I liked the pick. When Josh Dobbs was drafted in the fourth round, a lot of people were like, what? You know, they were surprised that the Steelers made a pick of a quarterback there so late. They didn't think that he was the quarterback they should take. When Mason Rudolph was drafted at the beginning of the third round, that's a guy that a lot of people had projected in the first round. And some people even had it projected to the Steelers in the first round that year just because of all the quarterbacks they had. And that if he would have been out in this year's draft instead of last year's draft, he would have been a top five pick most likely because he's that caliber of a quarterback and the Steelers got him in the third round. So he's to me, he's got more of what Lance Williams would say. He would have more of the pedigree because even though it was only one round difference when they were drafted, it was kind of the, the feel of the value that they got at that pick at the time. So that's why I look more at Rudolph than at Dobbs. What about you, Brian? Let's hop in the DeLorean, my friends, and go back to the year 1991. Brian Davis was a 19-year-old um, starting with a new radio station for the first time, and they had a uh, they did charity basketball games. So they asked, "Do you want to play basketball?" I'm like, "Sure." So we go out there. They throw me the ball. As soon as I get the ball, I hit this long three pointer. After that, I couldn't hit water if I fell out of a boat. So let's. Let's fast forward to 2018. Ben Roethlisberger gets hurt against the Baltimore Ravens. They're on like the one-yard line. Josh Dobbs throws a beautiful ball about 40 yards, gets them out of trouble, and it, it's a fantastic pass. After that, he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. And when he came in during that Oakland game, he was dreadful. And that was a game that they very well could have won. That was a game Ben Roethlisberger didn't really shouldn't really have had to have come back into at that point, but he was so dreadful. And that to me showed the future of this player on this team against a horrible club. That was the Oakland Raiders. Now, the reason I'm bringing this all up, I have nothing against Joshua Dobbs. I just don't see him as a future franchise quarterback for the Steelers. I want to reiterate what both of you said. I think that 
you know, Mason Rudolph has a possibility to start for this team and be productive. Is he going to be Ben Roethlisberger? No way. But he could be very productive and win some games and keep them in contention. But I love Devlin Hodges. Look, in FCS, he's the number one passer of all time. He broke a 24-year record um, set in 1994 by somebody we all know very well, Steve McNair. This guy is good. He's 6'1". He played in a small school, Samford. We don't know much about him, but what they're saying in camp, like Jeff said earlier, they're loving Duck Dynasty. They're loving what this guy could do, and I think he has so much more upside than Josh Dobbs at this point, and that's the reason that people aren't falling in love with him. Nobody could really picture Josh Dobbs as a starter on this team, and if something happens to Ben Roethlisberger, you're going to see Rudolph before you're going to see May before you see Josh Dobbs, because it will be disaster if he's there long-term. Well, let's be honest. We can talk about this till we're blue in the face. Yep. We don't want to see any, either of these guys playing football this year, because if they play football this year, that means Roethlisberger's out. And although I think they might be capable of winning a game or two, you need Roethlisberger for a long-term success with this team right now, right now, not this year. So, Although we can love to talk about Mason Rudolph and Joshua Dobbs, I think it's going to play out on its own. We just hope, fingers crossed, Ben stays healthy and this team can hopefully win a Super Bowl. Can I ask a quick follow-up? Here we go. This is something that some people thought might have happened last year with Dobbs or Rudolph or even Landry Jones. And do you think it could happen with one of the three this year? Do you think one of these three guys ends up with a hangnail or something and ends up on the IR? It's possible. Um, I don't think they're going to put a quarterback on the practice squad. I know some people believe that because you just, that's a waste of a position because the number three guy doesn't get any reps. What are you going to do with a guy? You need someone there to help you during practice, not just someone that you're, that you're saving. If you're saving someone like that, put them on the IR for some reason. I don't see that happening unless there's an actual injury um, because the Steelers, what is the promise from the Steelers in that scenario? Yeah, hey, we're going to put you on IR so we can bring you back and do the next same thing next year. Most of the time, they're saying to the guy, look, you did a great job. We're going to let you, hey, we'll let you test the market. Maybe you can catch on with somebody else. The Steelers, more than any other organization that I've seen, take care of their players. And in that regard, they'll say, we're going to cut you as early as possible because we want to give you an opportunity. Go ahead, Brian. Do you really uh, think that Josh Dobbs would not be worth a seventh rounder? I think a team would go ahead and spend a seventh rounder if they really need a third quarterback or somebody that can compete for that number two. I think that's a a huge possibility. So we talked earlier about uh, not getting what you're worth out of somebody, but, you know, I really think they could get something out of Josh Dobbs. I also, Dave, I agree with you with with about the practice squad, but I don't see one of these guys not getting plucked off of the practice squad. Um, Josh Dobbs has enough talent to get plucked by another team. And so does Devlin Hodges at this point. Yeah. And I, I don't think they'll do the IR thing either, but it's just something that has been brought up in the past. They're like, Oh, what do you know? This could happen. I don't think that's going to happen unless someone does legitimately get injured. But if, if, if we're going to trade away a quarterback, I do think Dobbs is the most likely candidate. I don't think we could get anything for Hodges because people think they could just pick him up. But I don't think the Steelers are going to give up on Rudolph because, one, he's a year younger, and two, he's a higher draft pick. It's all going to come down to 
does another team have that injury at quarterback or backup quarterback with a system where Dobbs would fit well? I think he would be, would have been a good fit in Carolina, um, but it's got to be the right scenario for that to happen. I think that for, for me, I, I think this is all going to clear itself up on its own. I honestly think that by the end of the preseason, everyone's going to know Dobbs played it better than Rudolph and Rudolph played better than Hodges or any combination of the three. I don't think it's going to be that. I don't think there's going to be a lot of gray matter here. I think it's going to be very much a clear cut, clear, concise answer of this guy just played better. And that's why he's the number two. So we'll see that I need to get back to. So Felicia gave us $5 in the tip jar just because she's hyped for the game on Friday, which we appreciate. Um, so did uh, George. He gave us $2. We appreciate that. And Snowman gave us $2 a little to add some brevity to the conversation. Because some people, this is a very highly debated argument, this Dobbs and Rudolph thing. is. Snowman asked, what do you think about Mr. Third and Fifth's frozen feet? Now, for those that might have been, you know, not knowing what's going on, Mr. Third and Fifth, and if you should know who Mr. Third and Fifth is by now, out in Oakland had been missing a bunch of practice with what they called like, there's something wrong with his feet and no one knew what was going on. Turns out he was in a cryo chamber and that's something that's very, very cold and he was not wearing the proper footwear or socks. And essentially his feet got frostbite and the skin was starting to basically peel off of his feet. He shared some photos on Instagram. I saw the photos. It was really, really gross. Um, Guys, what are your thoughts on Mr. Third and Fifth's uh, cryogenic uh, chamber incident? Brian, go ahead. First of all, my dad taught me, and he was emphatic about this, you do not cheer another player's injury. But if I'm being completely honest with you, there's a little bit of karma in this for me, thinking that uh, this is great because the Raiders kind of played hardball. They lowballed the Steelers to get them because they knew the situation they were in. I kind of love it. I'm watching Hard Knocks right now, and uh, the cryogenic chamber didn't really come up yet, but him not playing has. And um, one thing to his credit is he they've been trying to slow him down. He's still trying to go fast, and he still has that work ethic that he always has. And they're like, please, slow down. You can't go this fast. But he's in a lot of pain. And I kind of, you know, I don't want to see anybody in pain. Um, but something very interesting that I saw on this, Justin Gatlin, the, uh, the world-class sprinter, um, he's 37 years old. He had this same, the same thing happen to him. And he said, it takes a long, long time to heal. Um, and I just read that uh, maybe a couple hours ago. He said, it is more pain than you would ever believe. And uh, AB could, oh, excuse me, sorry. Mr. Oh Big Chest, or do I have to put money in the? <laughs> That's a fine. Is it like a, it like a, a fine? <laughs> you just got fined. <laughs> but uh, with that being said, um, Mr. Third and Fifth, you know, he he could be out for a while. That's a shame, Dave. What were your thoughts on the? As someone someone in the live chat said, Mr. Skin Flap. <laughs> Dave, you're still muted. I know. You? I'm still on mute. I know. I, I Be professional. Come on. Um, that, yeah, Mr. Skinflap was pretty good. Uh, I can't think of the exact quote of, from Mr. Deeds. 
We're about that's going to haunt his dreams when he uh, sees his foot. That's what I think of. I saw it might have been Chris Carter might have shared that or someone on Twitter. Someone someone did that, but it was someone who was following the Steelers. Mr. Big Freeze. That's another one. Um, so no, he wasn't walking on hot coals. Um, yeah. It was that he. It was the opposite. He was frozen. I, I, I just think it's hilarious. It's, but that's all I can say. So, Brian, since you're watching uh, Hard Knocks, I do not get HBO, nor do I have time to watch that. Um, what are your what are your what's your takeaway about Mr. Third and Fifth out there? I, I did see the clip of his son saying to him, uh, Daddy, where's Roethlisberger? And he's like, uh, he's playing for the Steelers. <laughs> Has anything else happened? Like, you know, I mean, what, what's interesting? What's going on? You know, that's a very different franchise than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, they had they dedicated a lot to uh, Mr. Third and Fifth coming in on the hot air balloon, and they spent a lot of time on that. Um, these guys really, they're excited to have this guy, and now they're completely devastated that he has not, uh, he has not been able to practice at all. When he has been in there, though, um, they showed him going for it. And like I said before, he had, the guy has a work ethic. That's something that you cannot say that he doesn't. Uh, we've known that all along, and that doesn't change with the way we feel about him now after this whole situation. But uh, that's a team that's that's battling. But you've got guys like they're, they're highlighting guys like Richie Incognito. They're, uh, they're highlighting um, guys like... Uh, like um, Mr. Third and Fifth, and it just seems like this is going to be more dysfunction than ever. And I kind of think uh, Gruden, who I'm not a big fan of, I have not been for a while. I think he's way over his head. Okay. So uh, I do want to mention that uh, Kathy puts five dollars in the tip jar and says another great show. Counting on you guys for the post game show, which is a great way for me to remind everyone that Friday. After the game, myself and Lance Williams will be live here on YouTube to talk about the game, our post-game show. And it's always a fun episode where we really rely on the, the live chat to kind of give us your thoughts, your grades, game balls, stuff like that from the game that was. It'll be our first post-game show the 2019 season, so we're excited for that. Um, we appreciate everyone that was a part of um, the live chat. We got another $5 from George. Says, if Boswell misses a kick that he should make, is he done? Quick answer. Dave, what do you think? In the preseason, no. But in the okay. regular season, it's much more possible. Brian? Depends how good Matt Wright is. That's a good point, too. That's a good answer. Because if he's if he's nailing everything and Chris Boswell's erratic in the preseason, he's not going to get a shot to miss one in the regular season, Dave. So. <laughs> yeah, true. Now, I, I, think, I think Boswell's back. That's my prediction now. I, I was way I was down on him the most out of the three of us, but now I I, I I'm the most I'm I'm ninety eight percent sure that's him. Okay, all right. So uh, we have a few minutes left. You guys said you had some either ors. This is something we don't always do during the season, but if we have some time, we will. Um, I don't have one tonight, guys. I just have been blocked. So Dave, do you have one? Uh, yeah, I got one. It's it's fairly simple. Once again, it's always based on whatever was going on with me this evening. And, and tonight my, my wife decided to bust out my DVDs for the kids to watch. Uh, we were checking out some great Looney Tunes cartoons, um, really introducing my youngest to them for the first time, who just sat there and cackled so hard uh, watching some of this stuff. But we were watching a lot of Bugs Bunny. Who is the best Bugs Bunny 
arch nemesis? Is it Yosemite Sam, Omer Fudd, or the Tasmanian Devil? Uh, I'm going to go with Elmer Fudd. I always thought the way he talked was hysterical <laughs> with his speech impediment, <laughs> which would probably get him kicked off TV today. But anyways, Brian, what about you? What do you think? Yosemite Sam was a badass with a Napoleon complex, and you never knew what this guy was going to do next. He was kind of, he was really unpredictable. You know, he's kind of like James Harrison. So I'm going to go with Yosemite Sam. <laughs> <laughs> what about you dave um yeah the the episode we were watching tonight the, the best one was one with yosemite sam um i was going to pick tasmanian devil just so we were all three different but i really wanted to go with yosemite sam but i really like all three of them it's it's it, it's a lot of fun and i tell you what the more we watch those those cartoons my wife and i kept looking at each other and like boy these would these are what are much different in today's age oh, um yeah like uh, Speedy Gonzalez and um, Pepe Le Pew. Oh, yeah. You're like, yeah, these would uh, cause a lot of outrage in today's world. So uh, we could just enjoy them for ourselves. All right. Brian, do you say you have one? Yeah, let's. Uh, I've been doing a lot of Steeler either ors lately. Um, I've been keeping them cleaner, much to the chagrin of myself and some others. But uh, let's talk about this 2019 team. And okay. you had the opportunity to go ahead and take a non-Hall of Famer at a key position of lack of depth. Who would you go ahead and bring in? And I'm going to go ahead and uh, throw in first. Greg Lloyd or Carnell Lake. You could bring one of those guys in. Who are you bringing in? To the 2019 team? Yes. At their, I mean. In their prime. In their prime. Yeah, they're not, they're not like 63 years old or anything like that. I know they're not, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I'll go first and I will say that between Lloyd and Lake, I'm going to choose Lake just because I feel like the team needs. He could play cornerback or safety, and they need depth at both, especially at safety. I think he'd be more beneficial to the team. Not that Lloyd passing, pass rushing off the edge wouldn't be great. I feel like they can get after the quarterback. They need some secondary help. I'll take Lake. Dave, it seemed like you were ticked off that I said the same thing you were going to say. Yep. Ditto. <laughs> Go ahead, Brian. I love Greg Lloyd, but Jeff, you hit on the head. I mean, their needs right now for 2019, Carnell Lake would would fit in real well. And I'm sure we'll, some people are going to wonder why I didn't go ahead and include tight end in there because the obvious tight end would have been Heath Miller and everybody would want Heath. So I really thought it was best to look at those those two guys and it would be Carnell Lake for me. I thought of an either or Steelers either or. Okay, now next year the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame is going to expand their supposedly going to expand their class so more players can get in. Here's the scenario, and this is not a real life scenario, so I don't want people flipping out. Donnie Shell only has one more year left of eligibility. And Troy Polamalu is in his first year of eligibility, but only one of them can get in. So in other words, do you put in Donnie Shell, who's been waiting forever, who Tony Dungy has said he wants him in? He was the guy that gave the speech, uh, who you know talked about Tony Dungy when Tony Dungy got in, or would you want Troy Polamalu to be a first ballot Hall of Famer 
just like Ed Reed was this past season. Can't have it both ways. So the only one can get in. Do you want Troy to be a first ballot guy, or do you want Donnie Shell to finally get his due? Brian will go with you first. Oh, it's got to be Donnie Shell. I don't care if you're a first ballot Hall of Famer, if you're a 15 ballot Hall of Famer. Hey, do we talk about when Lynn Swan and John Stallworth got in? No, they waited a long, long time. They are Hall of Famers. If Troy waits to get in, it doesn't matter. You need to go Donnie Shell. That guy deserves to be in, and he's not in because of so many guys on that team that went in before him that he just did not have the opportunity to get in because too many Steelers is what's being said. Another guy, I know this wasn't the question, but L.C. Greenwood's got to get in. There's 20 guys possibly getting in this time around. Those two need in desperately. Troy's going to get in um, next year regardless, um, in 2021 regardless if he doesn't get in this year. What about you, Dave? Yeah, Brian's Brian's right there with it. Um the biggest thing I want to see Donnie Shell go in because how many do you realize how many national media people that don't specifically follow the Steelers don't realize that he's not in the Hall of Fame because he's that good and should be there and isn't there. Most people just assume that he really is. Uh I I think that the whole LC Greenwood question comes comes into play as well like which one of those two between shell and greenwood would you pick and once again i'm going with donnie shell with the biggest reason is the biggest tra tra travesty i'm going to say with elsie greenwood not being in the hall of fame is that he's now not alive to 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 go so i don't want that to happen to another Steeler player that really deserves to be there so if only one Steeler out of these out of this class goes in this year it I want it to be Donnie Shell more than anybody else. I agree with you guys, but I'm not buying the, if you're not a first ballot, it doesn't matter. It does matter. There's a big difference between a first ballot Hall of Famer and someone that had to wait. Everyone that always talks about Hall of Famers, it's always first ballot Hall of Famer. So Troy saying, oh, he'll get in. Yeah, he'll get in. I want Troy to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Ed Reed was a first ballot Hall of Famer. I still believe that he was a better all-around safety than Ed Reed. I want him to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And a lot of that is because I didn't see Donnie Shell play. I didn't see Elsie Greenwood play. I only saw highlights and videos and tales from my father about those two players. Uh, my dad still talks about the time that uh, Donnie Shell hurt Earl Campbell down in oh. Houston. Um, so Which just came across the live chat. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> And you know what, John yeah. Reginald? Jeff, yeah. I saw those guys play, and it was glorious. But for me, though, in my era and people that are of my age, it's Troy. You want him to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Just like when Ben retires and he's eligible, I want Ben to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Because if you have to wait, it doesn't take away from the jacket. It just, to me, there's a, and this is just my opinion. You can disagree. But to me, there's a difference. Playing it so, especially at the, a position like quarterback, like when Ben does try to get in, you know? So, Technically, next year, they could have a lot of Steelers. Alan yeah. Fanica could get in if they expand it. I doubt Heinz Ward gets in. but uh, That's our over-under, Jeff. Next year's uh, class. Let's go an over-under of two for the Steelers. Push. <laughs> two and a half. <laughs> yeah, Brian. It, I agree with Jeff. It's going to be two. Yeah, um, and I and I think you asked the question already, Jeff. I think you're gonna get what you're gonna get Palomalu and you're gonna get a veteran guy. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Palomalu and Shell was who it should be. But how does Fanica but, not get in? He's been a finalist for and he's so good and he deserves I mean 
but they won't do it because they're Steelers and, and, and they won't put too many of them in the same class. But I mean, they're literally, I, I, there should be four. I'm okay. If Hines still isn't in yet. I mean, I still think he's a borderline hall of fame guy. Just, but I mean, I know he transcended the game, but I'm not saying me, I wouldn't put him in the hall of fame. I'm just saying the people that decide who goes in the hall of fame, but, I don't know that did, they will. Dave, did he transcend the game? I mean, he, he will, when he, they made changed, rules, they made the, rules. I yes. get that. But so when I think yeah. of transcendent players, I'm not I, necessarily thinking about Heinz. I Ward. probably wasn't the best choice of words, but <laughs> that's what I was trying to say was that they made rules specifically for like Donnie Shell. They made they changed rules because of him. Heinz Ward, they changed and made rules because of him. So yeah. Heinz is yeah. a veteran committee guy. Yeah. 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 He's a guy that you hope Ed Bouchette's still alive so he can stand up and give a speech and try to get him in. Um That'll be tough. That'll be interesting. So, hey, some good either words there to finish out the show. So, look, we finally got to talk about a game. That's not going to stop now for a long time. The Steelers preview is back to previewing the upcoming game. And so next time you see us, we'll be talking about the Week 2 game. Is that what day is that? Saturday next week? That would be Saturday the 17th. In so, Pittsburgh against Kansas City. Kansas City. So we'll be able to touch a little bit on what happened last week. We're really going to be looking ahead to that Chiefs game. So make sure you check us out. Make sure you check us out tomorrow night. That's myself and Lance Williams on the post-game show. Lance will be on on Saturday for as you guys said it. Then we'll be back on Sunday for the standard is a standard. And then we're back to the hangover on Monday and all that good stuff. So make sure you check us out on YouTube by searching BTSC Steelers Radio. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And as always, find us on your podcast platform, wherever that may be. Just search Steelers and you'll find us. Subscribe, like, give us a good comment. We appreciate it. And as Lance always says, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Steelers Preview.